Hey friends, episode 56 of This Good Word. The word this week is anchor. So today I want to talk about a 40-day fast I took recently from all social media, all blogging, and from this podcast. I want to talk about why I did it and what I learned from it. I want to tell you a story about what happened on a recent sailing trip I went on when we decided to anchor in a bay that that uh, was not very safe. The winds changed, the north winds came up, and that rocked our boat like crazy all night long. I want to talk about the importance of anchoring yourself and your life to something that keeps you sane and still and connected to your peace and your true self. So that's today, and I really can't wait to talk to you guys about that. But first, I want to tell you quickly about an event I'm doing with Aaron Lane, my friend, on November 12th. It's called Genderful, and it's in St. Paul, Minnesota. And it's really all about if Genesis 1:27 is true, if we are created male and female in God's image, then the image of God has all that is best about masculinity, all that is best about femininity, and a whole lot more else. So we want to have a conversation with men and women about what it means to, to carry God's genderful image within us, males and females, as we work together, as we relate with each other. Uh, it's going to be co-creative. There's going to be journaling. There's going to be discussion. There's going to be talks. It's going to be really, really fun. So please join us. You can get all the information on everything you need to know on steveweens.com events. You can get your tickets there. Please come. Also, uh, people ask me here and there where you can find my sermons. I'm a pastor. I preach nearly every Sunday. And you can find those from my church's website. That My church is called Genesis Covenant Church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. The website is genesiscov.org. That's G-E-N-E-S-I-S-C-O-V dot O-R-G. You can find my sermons there. So enjoy. But... On to the word of the day, anchor. So maybe six weeks ago, well, I guess it was seven or eight weeks ago, I just began to notice I felt really increasingly scattered, increasingly tired. I noticed a whole lot of numbing behaviors were going up in my life, including the scrolling of Facebook, <laughs> sort of on and on and on. I would wake up in the morning and then instead of doing my quieting practices i would scroll scroll and scroll and scroll and it wasn't helping me it was actually hurting me i would go through instagram twitter and facebook those are my three social media outlets of choice and i just noticed something had to change because it wasn't helping me feel more centered or more still it was making me feel worse um so uh, I decided to take a 40-day fast. I talked to my wife, Mary, and some of my friends. I kind of explained how I was feeling, what I was thinking, and they all thought it was a great idea for me to take a fast from social media and also from writing blogs and from this podcast. So, um, you know, when that all kind of was coming down, uh, most of me felt relieved. There was a little part of me that felt like, oh, no, like... I like podcasting. I like blogging. These are creative outlets for me that I feel like I'm a better person when I do them. And I think that is true. But I also think that there are rhythms and seasons. And I've been in a heavy rhythm of writing my second book. Uh, I've just turned in my first round of edits and so excited about that. But that is a lot of creative output. 
of course, uh, the church that I'm involved with, where I'm the senior pastor, that's a lot of creative output. I lead teams, I write sermons, I preach sermons, and we are two years old. So we're a toddler as a church, and it just requires a lot of creative energy to keep that thing going. And then, of course, there's my family and my relationships, you know, uh, my boys, my wife, my friendships. And I just noticed all of those things, all of those things were getting just kind of the crumbs of me. And I noticed I was getting the crumbs of me. I just, I, 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 I kept feeling like, where's the time for me? And so um, I noticed that my public self was just getting a whole lot of attention and my private self wasn't getting much. So um, I decided to say, yep, total uh, cold turkey from Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and blogging, and the podcast. And so uh, what I learned from that, uh, about two or three weeks in, I started to feel much more um, joyful. It was really interesting. It didn't happen right away. But I noticed uh, a deeper sense of content with what I had and what I didn't have. I noticed a deeper sense of joy in the activities that I was um, engaged in, eating a meal, playing hearts with my boys, playing soccer or watching soccer. I was less tempted after a while uh, to kind of pull out the smartphone and scroll. Um, and, and so, and then I took that a bit further and started to, like I saw social media after it was gone for what it was. And so four major learnings about social media for me. And I want to say, I like social media. I think it's a good thing. I think it's a helpful thing in the world. Um, to a point, and then it becomes unhealthful, unhelpful. So here are my learnings. Number one, social media can be fun and useful in connecting with people and seeing what's happening in the world. But for me, it also keeps me hustling for approval. It keeps me checking for likes and comments and shares. And at the end of the day, that props up my false self. And it keeps me further and further away from my true self, which cannot be measured by likes and shares and comments. Uh, Do you know what I mean by that? Like there's a way in which you post a beautiful picture of something or you write a blog or you publish a podcast, whatever you do. And then instead of that just being a gift in the world that came from your soul, from a good place, from a beautiful place, You try to wring that experience, that podcast, that blog, that picture dry. You try to get something from it that it really can't give you, and that's a sense of worth. How many people will like it? How many people will share it? How many people will comment on it? Um, And again, that's a way of connecting with someone, and it's fun. But what I've learned over the course of my life is that your need for likes or comments or shares only grows and there's never enough. <laughs> it used to be that 10 likes was like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm killing it. Now it's more. And then once it grows, it just becomes more and more. So that's a bottomless pit. So when social media turns into a way to keep you hustling for approval, you know what I mean by that. I don't care whether you're very public or not. 
Social media is a place to get approval for what you do and the content that you put out there. Then it's going to be tiring and it's a bad anchor. That anchor is going to keep you hustling for more. Learning number two, uh, social media takes me out of the present moment. So um, I live up on the top of a hill and the sunrise is usually gorgeous. I'm usually up early because that's my rhythm. I'm to bed early and up early. And so one of my things is I like to look at the sunrise. But I noticed that um, there was a time where I would notice it. And my first thought, instead of savoring it, enjoying it, drinking in the beauty of the moment, my first thought was to go grab my phone, take a picture of it, and post on on Instagram. Now again, gosh, that's not a bad thing. Please don't hear me saying if you do that, that's a bad thing. But I do want to say for me, I noticed that I began to experience my life as little snapshots to share on social media instead of moments to drink in and enjoy. And that's when you realize that it's it's not good, gang. Like our souls, our bodies, our brains weren't created to immediately take something in and put it back out. When you take something in and immediately put it back out, you actually are robbing yourself of savoring the joy of the moment, the gift of the moment. When you immediately turn it into something that you can produce in order for someone else to experience and enjoy, you are stealing, you're robbing yourself of the joy for yourself. (laughs) Now, if you're a photographer, take the dang picture. Uh, and share it later or if you really you know have a thing where I mean I don't I don't know maybe it's part of your business to share that kind of stuff which is fine and great but my encouragement would be to first of all soak it in for at least 15 seconds the science currently of the day says that for something to be embedded in our memory as positive and as beneficial, you actually have to linger on it for at least 15 seconds. A positive memory of, you know, like if you go through your day and where did I feel joy today? You have to remember that moment where your boss gave you a, a favorable comment and you have to actually turn that over in your mind for 15 seconds. Negative experiences, we learn, stick to you immediately. They don't take any time to embed. But joyful experiences, I don't know why, I don't know why this is, they take 15 seconds. So take that moment in. And if like, you know, if you're out uh, for a meal with one of your friends, a couple of your friends, I, I just, you know, yeah, take a picture, great. But like, make sure you're enjoying your friends, <laughs> you know? And like... Here's the thing. Oh my gosh. I mean, am I breaking all the social media rules here? But like some of us need to do a discipline of not sharing the fun moment. Like just let it be for you (laughs) and your friends. You don't actually don't have to share everything that you do. Again, it's it's morally neutral. It's not bad or good. But if you want to 
learn how to enrich your own soul for your own soul's sake and experience more and more contentment and joy. I'm telling you, you're going to have to learn to to keep some of the things just for you, just for your own memory. Uh, So uh, learning number three, social media keeps my RPMs running way too fast because I think our bodies, our minds, our brains weren't created to take in that much stimulus. Uh, that immediately with social media uh, we, t- we we learn every single new thing that happens every single reaction that someone has the presidential debates or whatever it is we're reading in real time we're following the hashtags we're seeing people's rage we're seeing people's sarcasm we're feeding on people's uh, reactions largely is what's happening on social media and I wonder if you could like hook up uh, your heart or your brain to like see what adrenaline is coursing through your body as you read the different comments. I just wonder what's happening. And I wonder what's happening in a negative way. And I wonder, like, does it steal your ability to gauge your own reaction apart from someone else's? Like, you know, it's great to hear how other people are reacting until you can't figure out how you're reacting. I think social media keeps the RPMs running way too high and it keeps you from realizing how you think, what you think about something. How do you feel about that? Number four, social media gives me a false sense of what's real. When I'm reading everybody else's reactions, when I'm reading uh, the news based on Facebook or Twitter or even Instagram, it gives me a false sense of what's real. So that brings me to the story of the sailboat trip. So I take this sailboat trip with friends every September. We go away for four or five days. Our phones don't work. Uh, There is no reception. There is no Wi-Fi. We're outside almost all day. We are on a boat with seven or eight people. There's nine boats. So 65, I think, people were on this trip and we race we figure out the wind when there's wind we race when there's no wind we nap or swim or play cards or eat that's what we do we feel the rpms slowing down as we connect with adventure and wind and some danger and laughter there's a lot of laughter on this trip we have meaningful conversations and we talk about nothing I mean, it's all it, it's all involved, and we feel the RPMs getting lower and lower. But uh, the first, no, I think it was with this, it was the second night on this trip. We anchored in this one bay, and normally you try to get a you know weather report about where the winds are going to come from, and you try to anchor in a bay where the winds are going to be away from you, so you don't rock all night long, and that's what usually happens. But this night we made a bad decision. We anchored ourselves in a in a bay that uh, the wind changed and the wind came off of the open water and it i mean it was just it the 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 boat was rocking back and forth literally all night long a couple people got sick uh none of us got any sleep it was brutal and what I want to say about that is you can imagine, you can use that as a metaphor for what are the things in your life that keep you rocking and not in a good way? 
What are the things in your life that keep you unsettled and unstill and unmoored to a, to the reality that is your true self? I think for many of us, busyness and social media, it really keeps us rocking and we don't even know it. Keeps our anxiety up, keeps our level of adrenaline way too high. We're taking in stimulus way too much. We're comparing ourselves with other people's lives, which aren't even represented, you know, truthfully anyway. I mean, Facebook and Instagram is great for what it is, but you know, like it's not, it's not a video camera of 24 hours of someone's life. So if you get a picture of like the beautiful meal, that's perfectly, you know, well, the next, the next day they're eating nachos uh, at 8 a.m., you know, or cold pizza, because that's what they could do. Uh, you're, you're, you're not getting the full picture. And we all know that, but somehow we see other people's perfect bodies or perfect lives or perfect selves. And we compare them to our own lives and we feel a sense of dread instead of a sense of joy. So the question is, um, what are the activities? What are the relationships? What are the practices in your life that keep you anchored and still to your own soul and to the relationships that really matter to you, to the reality that really matters to you? What are the things that help you stay connected to who you are, connected to God, connected to each other? connected to what's important in the world? What are the things that keep you centered? For me, uh, I've been returning to a practice that I've done uh, over the course of the last several years, and that's just 10 minutes every day of quiet. I set a 10-minute timer. I breathe in and out. I close my eyes. And every time my mind wanders, I just try to think of that as like clouds that are passing or like a leaf that is floating on the river. There it is. I'm not going to judge it or myself for having it. And thoughts come like crazy because our minds are just, that's monkey mind, it's called. It's like a monkey chattering on our shoulder. Uh, but over time, we can learn to quiet that voice and quiet that that endless buzz or energy when we get still and close our eyes and breathe. We connect to that which is most real about us, that which is still, that which is peaceful, the Christ in us we can connect with because that's where the Christ dwells in the true self, in the stillness. And meditation helps you get there. So I would encourage you to start somewhere. Maybe start with five minutes. Just set a timer on your phone. Don't judge yourself when you have 50 million thoughts. Just let them pass. There it is. Hi. Goodbye. This time is about just breathing in and out. Maybe you have an image in your mind, a candle, flickering candle, or the cross, maybe, or a tree that you love, or a dock that we're up at the cabin that feels peaceful, or anything that just helps you to return to yourself. So that's the first thing that's helping me, meditation. The second thing, reading books really helps me. So I have a Kindle. Uh, it was a gift from a dear friend. He gave me a Kindle because I needed one, I wanted one. And I check books out of the library. Did you know you can do that? You check books out of the library on Kindle. I mean, it's amazing. So I always have my Kindle with me. I'm always reading. So instead of pulling out my phone now, I pull out my Kindle and I read a little bit. I read. I have several, a lot of books going. I have novels going. I have Richard Rohr books going. I have, you know, just whatever. There's just so many books you can get. You can buy them if you want to, but you can check them out in the library. And the next thing I'm trying to do that anchors me, like, you know, instead of taking a picture and posting it on, on Instagram, which I still do sometimes, don't get me wrong, 
But like if I see a, a sunrise or if I take a picture of my son Isaac playing soccer, I'll text it to somebody who loves me or loves Isaac. Hey, this is Isaac playing soccer. Hey, look at this sunrise. I was thinking about you. That way it's like a real connection and it's not you don't it's not associated with approval ratings and likes and comments. And then lastly, I'm just trying to remember you know, this phrase that Jesus said, remain in me and I will remain in you. And there's a way of reading that or hearing that that's like this duty, like I have to remain in him in order for him to remain in me. It's not saying that at all. Another way of saying that is just Jesus is saying, hey, I am remaining in you. I will always remain in you. That's what I do. So why don't you become more aware of that? Become aware of the fact that I am remaining in you at all times. Me remaining in Christ is simply me coming to more and more awareness that Christ is in me. Christ resides in the true self, not in the crazy false self, not in the self that clamors for more and more likes or whatever that is. The Christ in me is present and available to me. Wherever I am, whatever I'm doing, whatever I'm thinking, however afraid I am or excited I am, there's the Christ. There the Christ is, present, right there, available, with resources to draw from, with peace to offer, reconciliation, with myself, with others, with God. And that, my friends, is an anchor that helps keep me more joyful, more content, more peaceful, and more still. And that is what I'm learning these days. And it's a slow thing. Uh, after my 40 days were over, I went back on Facebook here and there. And I just noticed right away, it was like eating stale crackers. I mean, it's there. I'll go on it from time to time to share things, share what I'm doing, share my content in the world. But I'm really not going to be spending any time scrolling, just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. That, that just takes me away from myself. That's like anchoring in a bay that keeps the boat rocking all night long. And I don't want to do that. It's not good for me. It's not good for my soul. So uh, I want to invite you to join me on this. Uh, join me. Maybe spend five, ten minutes a day meditating. Um, maybe being more intentional about how you're using social media. Some of you might want to take a fast. I, I would say it was great for me. It was wonderful. It was incredible. It was really, really helpful. I didn't really miss it. That's the secret. Uh, and I was on it kind of a lot. Um, but taking a fast helped me resize that thing and helped me really get much more in touch with myself and who I am. Some of you may want to have a practice like what do you carry around with you? Maybe it's a book. Maybe it's a Kindle. Something else that you can do instead of pulling out your phone and doing the numbing activities like checking email endlessly or you know, uh, checking Facebook or Twitter all the time. You know, maybe you wanna set one time a day or a couple times a week that you check those things. Maybe because your job you have to do it more, and I get that. But even that, you could probably um, limit the amount of time that you're actually doing it. Even with that, you, you know, there, there are things you can do that um, act as a kind of resistance against the anxiety and um, I think RPMs, the approval ratings that just keep the, keep the monkey mind chattering and keep the heart racing. So, and then there's this thing of like, what would it look like for you to remember that 
come to more and more awareness of the Christ in you that's always there, that's always giving you resources, that's always pointing you toward life and breath and new beginnings. Uh, the Christ in you isn't worried about what you did yesterday or what you're doing tomorrow. The Christ in you is inviting you right now to be present to the moment right now, to the blades of grass under your feet, to the sunrise, to the person that's sitting across the table from you, to um, your own soul. So my encouragement to you this week, gang, is to be present to something that is going to anchor you and start to make decisions to move away from the things that keep the boat rocking all the time and keep the RPMs running and keep the anxiety high. Only you can answer that for yourself. That's a great conversation starter between you and someone who knows you. But one resource that I would one resource that I would give you is a little book and it's really a little book and it's quite easy to read, but it's packed with really really good stuff. It's called Sabbath as Resistance. Saying No to the Culture of Now by Walter Brueggemann. It's called Sabbath as Resistance, Saying No to the Culture of Now by Walter Brueggemann. It is so good. It is beautiful. Uh, I read it when it first came out. It's time for me, for me to read it again. Uh, it came out in the last year or two. It's really, really good. So I'm going to put that on my show notes. I'll also put links to buy tickets for Genderful on my show notes. And I'm just excited to be in it together, guys. Uh, it was great to be away from the podcast, but it's great to be back. Hope you enjoyed my conversation last week with Jim and Lynn Jackson about parenthood. You can buy their book, Discipline That Connects With Your Child's Heart, on Amazon or on my um, on my page, uh, and that'll be great. All right, that's about enough for me. Uh, have a happy and uh, connected day uh, and week, and I will see you back here next week. Grace and peace, everybody. We are limited and limitless. We are human and holy. We are dust and breath, and we are in it together.